Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I have a collection of the world's most astounding horrors. The Riley and Kimmy Show. It is a Sunday. If you're listening to this today, it is uploaded. I am your host, Patrick Riley. Right next to me is... Janet. I got one name. Janet. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi there, and thank you for checking out The Riley and Kimmy Show. I am your host, Patrick Riley. Quite a good scene, isn't it? One man crazy, three very sane spectators. I have three sane spectators right here in the Riley and Kimmy Show studio, two of them behind me, that's uh, fur kids that are with me, and Kimmy next to me as well. You're one of the sane spectators. Okay, okay. Yes, yes, you are. That's good to know. That's (laughs) good to know. Yeah, 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 you're one of the sane ones. I'm I'm the one they're looking for with that special jacket to take me away to a special place. Mm. Yes, and but this is actually the special place. Now, if you've just checked out the Riley and Kimmy show for the very first time, we offer pop culture escapism every single day. Brand new episode, often imitated but never duplicated, the Riley and Kimmy show. We offer that pop culture variety talk show unlike any other. Be sure to tell your friends about us. Tell them they can find all kinds of social media videos and uh, photos and Archived episodes, all 1,086 before, right on our website. And what is our web address, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com. Kimmy, do you feel like playing nerd and pop culture geek trivia? Yeah. Well, great. Let's we do it. Well, good. We have something on the line for you today. <laughs> yes, for this Sunday edition of the Riley and Kimmy Show, Pop and Nerd culture and nerd and you know whatever you want it's just jumbled up the reason it's jumbled up when i'm saying is because our timeline is all jumbled up too yeah it's not chronological it's not linear it it could be all over the place kimmy gets more of these right than wrong she gets that well do you want an extra omelet do you want another one you got one from the other day do you want one now Sure. Okay, if you get them right, well, more right than wrong, you get that omelet. I like eggs. Uh, okay, and in a Constellation Prize, we have the generic can of Spam for you. All right. Yes, I know. The generic can of Spam. Now, we have two fur kids right behind us that will take that can of Spam if you don't want it. Okay. Remember, they like that yummy for your tummy in the can. Yes, they do. All right, going to the almanac here, Kimmy. We're going to ask questions from all over the place. Okay, Kimmy, our very first question for you. We're going to go Hollywood for you here. Something from the movie part of the almanac. So on this date in history, a movie was released. I need you to identify the director of this movie and give me the year that it came out. And by the way, on January 26th, just a few weeks later, a little over a month, That movie would become the highest-grossing film worldwide. The film is Avatar. Give me the year within one, and who is the director? Oh, nine... Let me think. Within one year, Kimmy. Oh. 
um, 2004 and James Cameron. James Cameron is correct. The year is not. The year is 2009. Avatar was released in theaters. Mm. All right. Moving over to the music part of the almanac. It was on this date in history, Kimmy, that Madonna's song, very first song to hit number one, was on the charts on this date. Give me the name of the first number one song of hers, and give me the year within one that it became number one. Um, Borderline. No. Was the song. No? Not number one. Borderline was not number one? Not the first number one. Lucky Star. No. Really? Holiday. No. I'll give you the year. The year is 1984. Like a Virgin. That's correct. Number one on the Billboard Pop Charts, Like a Virgin, 1984, Madonna's first of many number ones. Wow. Don't ask Casey Kay some questions, okay? <laughs> We're not going to count him down, Kimmy. <laughs> wow. Keep your feet to the ground and keep reaching for these stars. So there were none from her first album. Interesting. The first song was Like a Virgin. <laughs> okay, so there you go. All right, it was on this date, Kimmy. In 1787, New Jersey became the third state to ratify the United States Constitution. It was on this date, Kimmy, the very first United States newspaper to appear on Sunday occurred within 50 years. Tell me when that happened, because, you know, the, nobody published on Sunday. There was nothing available, newspaper-wise. 1890. You're 100 and some years off. It yeah. was, it was, well, yeah, uh, 1796, almost 100 years off. 1796. Oh. Oops. Eh, close enough. And the very first paper was in Baltimore. On Sunday. It was on this date, 1862, the first orthopedic hospital was organized in New York City. And then moving over to something else, it was on this date, Kimmy. Oh, boy, we got something that's really associating with you. Kimmy, on this date in history, a new automobile speed record was set. Give me the year is 1898. A new automobile speed record is set within five miles per hour. What is that top speed that is hit? Oh. 1898 is the year. 1898. Um, 100. No. 39 miles per hour. More like the way I drive. Not like the way you drive. Mm. Yeah, 39 miles per hour. That was a that was that was a speed demon right there. Mm. It was 1912. The discovery of the Piltdown Man in East Sussex was announced, but later was proved to be a hoax in 1953. It was on this date, Kimmy. Within 20 years, the Chicago Bears win the first NFL championship game. This is not the Super Bowl. This is before that. Give me the year within 20 that they win the first NFL championship game. 1960. 1932, that happens. Okay. It was on this date, Su Lin, the first giant panda, comes to the United States from China. She arrived in San Francisco, California. Give me the year within 20 years that Su Lin, the first panda, 
first giant panda comes to America. 1979? 1936, and Sue Lin was sold to the Brookfield Zoo for $8,750 in 1936 money. Mm. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history, 1956, To Tell the Truth debuted on CBS TV and then would eventually end up in syndication. Did you watch To Tell the Truth? No. I. It's one of those I find very hard to watch. Mm. Even yeah, I've uh, never seen it. You they didn't they had to have run it in the uh, syndication up in your city where you grew up. They pro- probably w- when you were a little, even though you're much younger than I, uh, they would run it at night generally. Now where you would find um, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. Oh, in markets. Okay, that's what they did way back when. Now Buzzer TV runs to tell the truth, not the '70s versions, but they run the very 1950s versions of To Tell the Truth. And the reason those shows came to be, like to tell the truth, what's my line, and things like that, was because of the big uh, controversy with, uh, you know, rigging game shows way back in the 1950s. So they simplified them and made the contest very, you know, the winners would get like $100, $200. It was not these really big, exorbitant prizes. The shows were boring. Mm. And, and, I mean, they were very easy to produce. They had, they were stocked them with celebrities of the day, but they were very cheap and boring and I I welcome in time now when Match Game came and Price is Right and things like that. Hmm. I love those game shows. Yeah. And you can catch those on Buzzer TV, retro game show channel, maybe in your neck of the woods. It was on this date in history, 1956. Japan was admitted to the United Nations. It was on this date, Kimmy. Give me the year within 20 that... The Shipping Port Atomic Power Station in Pennsylvania went online. It was the first nuclear facility in the world to generate electricity, the first in the United States. It would eventually go out of service. Give me what year it came to be, within 20. 1970. 1957. It was taken out of service in 1982. It was on this date, 1961. Britain's EMI records rejected the Beatles. They later... Signed them. Wow. Yeah, 1961, they, they, they went, no. It was uh, on this date, 1963, Ron Clark set a world record when he ran six miles in 28 minutes, 15.6 seconds. I think at our upcoming Riley and Kimmy show event, we're going to see if Kimmy can beat that. Huh. Th- that is, you know, running six miles in 28 minutes and 15.6 seconds. You know, I'm expecting 14 seconds at that end there. I want you to, you know. Shave it down a little bit. Think you can do it? Yeah, I might be able to do a mile in that time. Well, you know, you have plenty of time to practice. Possibly this would be a really good thing to do is because coming up in January, January 8th, we will be at the DeLand Comic and Collectible Show. You could run to it. Uh-huh. You know, I could drop you off six miles from it. No. And, and, and you could run there. That's okay. I think that is an excellent idea. Or... At an upcoming event, like out at the Artagon Marketplace at Big J's Toys on January 28th, you could run around in the mall. Six miles in the mall. We could figure it out and see if you can beat that 28 minutes and 15.6 seconds. What do you say? Yeah, no. Uh, Come on. We'll work on it. I'm sure you will change your mind before then. 1964, funeral services were held in Chicago for Sam Cooke. It was 1965, U.S. Army Staff Sergeant Barry Sadler recorded this song. I'm not even going to ask you anything about it. I think you're familiar with it. It uh, 
it would be played for a period of time, but actually not on oldie stations, more in, during its time period when it was on the charts and right after it. Silver wings upon their chest. These are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three win the Green Beret. Did you did you remember that one? Mm-hmm. You actually have heard that one before. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah, I was trying to play fair. I didn't think maybe you had actually heard that one. It's 1971. Jerry Lee Lewis and his cousin Myra Brown were divorced. They were married when she was how old, Kimmy? 13. That is correct. It was on this date, Kimmy. Rod Stewart announces he will be leaving a certain group for a solo career. Two-part question. Give me the name of the group that he had success with on the charts. And tell me what year, within five years, he said, hey, I am solo. Bases. That's right. 1970. 1975 is when he went solo, but oh. you got it within time frame. When he started out with Faces... He was he had such high stage fright he would hide behind the speakers and also at times when they tried to get him and he did he, he started working on getting closer and closer to the audience he would turn his back and sing hmm. yeah he had major major stage fright imagine somebody having that right Kimmy hmm. I can't imagine that can you I wonder how he got over that well you were somebody who had major stage fright and you've done quite well with that yourself I I think you have at least okay it was on this date Kimmy give me the year within. Ten years, the sound barrier was broken on land for the first time. This person drove a vehicle at 739.6 miles per hour on land. What year? 1960. 1979 that happened. 79. That's extremely fast. That is. And you have to go faster on land than you do in the air to break the sound barrier because of the density of, mm. of the air that's going on. So to break that actual sound barrier, it's harder on land ah. than, than up in the air. It was on this date, Kimmy. 1981, about 35 million people watched a Rod Stewart concert via satellite. The broadcast was televised in 23 countries. I guess he did well going solo. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, it worked. I guess that it worked for him. Yeah, I think it did. 1983, Wayne Gretzky scored his 100th point in the 34th game of the season. Okay, Kimmy, what what sport did Wayne Gretzky, let's just go back in time here. What sport did Wayne Gretzky play in and score? Hockey? Oh, yeah, that's right. And and Kimmy, <laughs> and, and uh, just for bonus points, since you want to focus on hockey, uh, can you tell me what team he was on in 1983? Oh, uh-uh. The Oilers. Okay. The Edmonton Oilers, 1983. You're the hockey freak here. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Okay. Wide awake here. Yep. Uh, Jar Jar, are you with me? I'm with you. Okay. No gooberfish here. It's on this date, 1998, the United States House of Representatives began the debate on the four articles of impeachment concerning whom? Bill Clinton. <laughs> that is correct. It was on this date, 1999, after living atop an ancient redwood in California. She lived there for two years. Environmental activist Julie Butterfly Hill decided to come down, ending her anti-logging protest. Wow. Yes, she lived in the tree for two years. Now, you know, you. I you know, I lived on a billboard more than one time for events. Did one of them for well, just a little bit over two weeks in the dead of winter. Mm-hmm. 
but two years in a tree. Mm. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history. It was 2001. Tommy Lee of Motley Crue won a court battle with his ex-wife, Kimmy. His ex-wife had filed a suit to gain full custody of the couple's two children. A judge denied the request by her to require monitoring of Lee's visits. Who is the ex-wife? Pamela Anderson. Yeah, that is correct. It was on this date, 2003, in Santa Maria, California. Michael Jackson was charged with seven counts of molesting a child under 14 and two counts of supplying the children with an intoxicating agent. Jackson's lawyer denounced the allegations and said they were driven by money and revenge. Mm. That was in 2003. It was on this date, 2003, child actor, all grown up. Adam Rich was arrested for driving onto a closed section of Interstate 10 and nearly striking a California highway patrol car. My question for you, what TV show is Adam Rich famous for? It is enough. That is correct. It is enough is the answer. It ran for five seasons from 1977 to 1981. He played Nicholas Bradford, the youngest son on the television series, and he made guest appearances on television series including The Love Boat, Chips, Fantasy Island, The Six Million Dollar Man, St. Elsewhere, Baywatch, and also did work on the cartoon series Dungeons and Dragons. You can still see him occasionally on the convention circuit. Mm-hmm. I wonder if uh, <laughs> it, it, is, it is enough, but um, I think you went beyond that maybe when that day, right? What do you mean? I don't get it. Beyond eight. I I don't know what you're nine, talking about. Ten. A little bit more. I don't, I don't, hey, just because, you know, he, now that's not funny, Kimmy. He has been in rehab three times at least. Mm. So stop that. He has a problem making fun of him. Now, if you want to make fun of him, make fun of that, that haircut he had back in the... Oh, boy. You remember yeah. that haircut? And that haircut actually caused a fad. Parent, oh. I, I know for a fact, I won't reveal this relative... Because he occasionally listens to this show, and he became a a bodyguard. Uh, I, I I'm sure I have photos somewhere mm. of what his mother did to him because of that TV show. Wow. He had that kind of hair. Nice. It looks just like you put a bowl over somebody's head and try to give them a Mo Howard haircut. So did he? Did she actually use a bowl? I don't know. I know she cut his hair. Okay. And this was pre pre Floby, so I you know she might have. Hmm. I I don't know. Adam Rich did cause a fad. Okay. Now when you look at photos of kids who were like, you know, seven, eight years old, maybe a little younger, in that time period, the late 70s, early 80s, you can say, oh, he's got the Adam Rich haircut. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and then you can blame eight is enough on that one. It was on this date, Kimmy, in 2009, General Motors announced that it would shut down its Saab brand. Moving over to birthdays. Ty Cobb, born on this date in 1886. Tell me what he is known for. What sport? Baseball. That is correct. Born in 1886. Died at the age of 74 in 1961. In 1999, editions of the Sporting News ranked Ty Cobb third on their list of baseball's 100 greatest baseball players of all time. Another notable born on this date, Betty Grable, born in 1916, died at the age of 56. Can you tell me what she's famous for? Um, 
movies. That's correct. She's an American actress. Yeah. I would also accept Pin Up Girl. Okay. Dancer and singer. Her 42 movies during the 1930s and 1940s grossed more than $100 million. Mm. She set a record of 12 consecutive years in the top 10 of box office stars. The Treasury Department in 1946 and 1947 listed her as the highest salaried American woman. She earned more than $3 million during her career, and Gable's legs were insured by her studio for $1 million as a publicity stunt. She knocked my favorite actress of the 1940s off the top of the pinup charts with GIs in World War II. Can you tell me who she beat out? This one had been the top pinup. Rita Hayworth. That's right. She beat out Rita Hayworth for that. And that is Betty Grable. Have you ever seen Betty Grable in anything? Probably. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I thought because you're into dance and she was into dance too, that might be... You might have had some exposure to her. Give me this person. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Tell me how old he is. Rolling Stones credits him for rock's greatest single body of riffs on guitar and ranked him fourth on its list of 100 best guitarists. 14 songs that he wrote with Rolling Stones lead vocalist Mick Jagger are listed among Rolling Stones magazine's 500 greatest songs of all time. Can you tell me who he is and how old he is today? Keith Richards. That is correct. How old is he? 74. That's close enough. He is 73 today. And by the way, he plays the only guitar tracks on some of the Rolling Stones' most famous songs, including Paint It Black, Ruby Tuesday, Sympathy for the Devil, Gimme Shelter, and Angie. Okay. Moving over to somebody else having a birthday today in the notable department. Kimmy, tell me how old he is. You have a buffer of two years. Identify who he is with these clues. An American director, producer, and screenwriter. He's one of the co-founders of DreamWorks Studios. One of his movies, Jaws, 1975, Close Encounters, 1977, Raiders of the Lost Ark, 81, E.T., 82. Who is he? Steven Spielberg. That is correct. How old is he within two years? Hmm... 62. He is 70 years old today, Kimmy. Wow. Has he won an Academy Award? If he has, for what? I would say yes. Okay, for what? E.T.? No. He has won the Academy Award for Best Director twice. Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. Mm. Moving over to somebody else on this birthday list. Elliot Easton, age 63. Age 63, he plays lead guitar and sings backing vocals for the cars. Next person, identify and tell me how old within two years. He gave critically acclaimed performances in the crime thriller Seven and the science fiction film Twelve Monkeys, both in 1995. Brad Pitt. That's right. How old is Brad Pitt today? Uh, 51. He is 53. You got it within the two. Moving over to the actress section of the almanac. An American actress, model, and filmmaker who first achieved fame for her role as Joey Potter on the WB television teen drama Dawson's Creek from 1998 to 2003. She was in the 2005 film Batman Begins, the most successful film in her career to date. She played Rachel Dawes. Who is she? Um, can't think of her name. She was married to Tom Cruise from 2006 to 2012. Mm-hmm. Yes, who is she? Yep. 
Can't think of her Siri name. Siri is her daughter. Yep. Who is she, Kimmy? Can't think of her name. You cannot think of Katie Holmes. Mm-mm. How old is Katie Holmes within two years? Uh, 40. She is 38 today. See if you can identify this American singer, songwriter, and actress, and television personality having a birthday. Tell me how old she is. Here is your clue. Who is that? Christina Aguilera. That's correct. And how old is Christina today? Uh, 39. She is 36 years old today. I see dead people. Moving over to another section of the Almanac, Kimmy, that death section. Identify who this person is, and within five years of the time that they passed away, I will give you just a little clue. They died at the age of 33. Here is your audio clue. Now, my name is Matt Foley, and I am a motivational stand-up. Let me tell you a little bit about myself so that you'll know where I'm coming from. First off, I am 35 years old. I am thrice divorced, and I live at the North Pole in a van down by the river. Who is that, Kimmy? I don't know. You cannot identify the voice of. He did that character many times. That is Chris Farley. Oh. Actor Chris Farley, who died on this date of a drug overdose in 1997 at the age of 33. Mm. And that is one of my favorite uh, holiday Saturday Night Live bits right there. Mm. Him as the motivational Santa Claus. I think you got an omelet coming your way, Kimmy, and I think it's time for us to focus on something from the Almanac today. Radio News. Radio. Still Anytime we have the opportunity to go back in time to the golden age of radio, otherwise known as old-time radio, we take that opportunity, and considering it's Betty Grable's uh, birthday today, and Kimmy's kind of not really aware who Betty Grable is, I thought we'd focus on Betty and the Golden Age of Radio. She did a ton of radio work, but I thought we would stay away from the musical stuff. And we would focus on something that might be a little different for Betty, for those who know who she is, or maybe a first chance for somebody to discover who she is. She played in a very suspenseful episode of something from the Golden Age of Radio. She played in an episode titled The Copper Tea Strainer, A Woman Poisons Her Nagging Mother. A good whodunit with a surprising ending and an interesting production technique that was done. Betty Grable plays Jeannie, who lives with her sick mother. Going back in time to 1949, here is Suspense. And be sure to check out the narrator. It is Paul Fries, the voice of Boris Badenoff, and also the voice of the Haunted Mansion at Disney and so many other things. Here we go back in time. 1949, Suspense with Betty Grable. The Copper Tea Strainer on The Riley and Kimmy Show. Tonight, Autolite brings you Miss Betty Grable in The Copper Tea Strainer, a suspense play produced and directed by Anton M. Leader. And now, Autolite presents Betty Grable 
in a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. I was in the two-by-four dressing room changing into my street clothes. It was raining, beating down on the low skylight like a fury. It made such a racket that I didn't hear a thing until the buzzer rang and the outer door opened. The first I heard your voice, I was sorry for you. You sounded tired and you had a cold. You'd be surprised if I ever told you, but I wasn't frightened at all when you spoke to Irwin. You the photographer who runs this place? I'm James Irwin, and this is my photo agency, yes. You have some work to do? I got work to do. (coughs) There's a dame named Jeannie Dunn here, Irwin? When you said my name, I got a little scared without knowing why. I'd been modeling a sunsuit, and I was cold anyway. Irwin was never a guy to pay for decent heating. Now I got cold way inside, and my fingers trembled as I tried to zip my dress. I leaned against the partition to try and hear better, but the rain was too loud. I couldn't figure out why I was so jittery. I I was blank. I, I couldn't remember what had happened all day or yesterday. But I knew you were dangerous to me, and I had to find out why. I opened the door a crack to hear better. Oh, Jeannie's posed for me for the past five years off and on. Say, why don't you wait until she gets dressed and ask her yourself? Any pictures of her handy? Say, who are... Easy, easy. This is police business. Oh. And that was all it took to make Irwin dangerous, too. Then he was against me. I stood there, hidden by the door, sick of you pawing through my pictures. Even sicker of Irwin fawning over you because you were a cop. (laughs) She's really stacked, isn't she, Cap? But if she's done anything wrong, don't worry. I'll tell you all I can't believe me. I'll cooperate. I believe you. You're the type. I couldn't stay out of sight any longer. I slipped into my shoes and stepped out from behind the door. Miss Jeannie Dunn? What do you want, mister? I want to find out a few facts. You live with your mother, don't you? Sure, the old lady's an invalid. Hey, what happened? Shut up, I'm talking to Miss Dunn. She's got a boyfriend, too. She might not tell you herself, Cap. Get out of the room. Get out and stay out until I call you. Hey, look, this is... Get out! Okay, all right, sure. Thanks for that, anyhow. But look about Ted Wark. If it's anything you're trying to pin on Ted, then Irwin's right. I won't talk. Oh. (coughs) I... I didn't mention that name, did I? Ted wouldn't do a thing. Nothing wrong. What time do you usually leave home for work, miss? About eight, if it's any of your affair. Yes, I'm afraid it is. Could you be more specific? Describe your routine, say, this morning, for example. This morning? I, uh, I've had such a headache all day, I really don't know about this morning. Actually, <laughs> I can't remember. Most mornings, I get up about 6.30 and fix breakfast. Yeah. Does your mother eat with you? My friend, Mr. Irwin, told you. My mother's not well. She stays in bed until noon. And you leave her breakfast ready for her? That's right. Being sick, your mother hasn't much appetite, has she, miss? No. I leave her teacup on the kitchen table with the tea measured out in a strainer ready to pour hot water through. Now, mister, you'd better tell me what... How long have you been going with this fellow? What's his name, Ted? A year or so, but... How old are you? I beg your pardon, miss. Thirty. About thirty. (coughs) You plan to marry him? Why, yes, as soon as... 
Well, as soon as possible. Uh, what with supporting your mother? <coughs> Excuse me. Prices nowadays, a dollar don't go far. Uh, you'd better take care of that coal, mister. Oh, thank you. Are your mother and Ted Wark friendly? You'd better take care of that coal. I repeated that stupidly so as not to hear your questions. Then I stared at something you fished out of your coat pocket. I felt the arteries jumping on the sides of my neck. You were looking at my neck. Maybe I could ask you sometime if that was a tip-off you learned by studying people like me. You toyed with the thing in your hand and it picked up a sliver of light from a flood lamp. It sparkled like a, a jewel. Only it wasn't any more a jewel than any of the junk on my bureau. It was a common tea strainer made out of bright new copper. You watched me and spun the thing by the handle between your finger and thumb. I couldn't stop looking at the shiny wire, a mesh like a net. Well, miss, what do you say? Are your mother and Ted Wark friendly? Suddenly my mind cleared. Everything I'd managed to block out came back. Everything. There was no more escaping the past. Or you. Stop playing with that tea strainer. Huh? Put that thing away. Get it out of my sight. For suspense, Autolite is bringing you Betty Grable in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Betty Grable as Jeannie in The Copper Tea Strainer, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Can you faint dead away and keep sitting in a chair talking and acting normal? I did, Mr. Detective. At the side of the tea strainer, you kept spinning between your fingers. A cold blackness paralyzed me, and our two voices seemed to be coming from a great distance. My stomach felt sick. You hit at me with questions, and I fought with all my will to keep from giving dangerous answers. The rain banged louder on the skylight. A flood lamp sputtered out. And my breathing quieted down. You said your mother and Ted Wark are friendly? Yes, yes, I told you. Where did you get that tea strainer? Five and dime store. Why, miss? Nothing. Uh, <coughs> you, uh, you leave your mother's breakfast ready for her? Hadn't you asked me that before, too? I, I wasn't sure. But the words started memories flashing through my mind like jumping movie scenes. You studied me with your tired, expressionless eyes. But you couldn't see into my memory. The nagging clatter of my alarm clock at home was waking me one morning. Any morning except today. The others were all alike for the last ten years. All right, you devil. Get up. Lord, another day. Dear, are you awake? Yes, Mother. Sleep well? Oh, I'm always in pain. You know that, dear. If you're up, you could rub my back a while before you have breakfast, dear. Yes, Mother. Oh. Oh, now, 
like you're so fortunate to be able to eat a hearty meal and have a career that takes you out into the world. While I lie here in pain. Oh, I'm not complaining. It's just... Yes, Mother. Hadn't you better take your medicine before I rub your back? Oh, my medicine. Oh, yes, indeed. And, Jean, don't forget to have the prescription refilled. It's getting low, and I can't bear it. I'm sure there's plenty, Mother. I'll get it for you now. And I wish you would. I don't know how I have to... I went into the bathroom while Mother kept droning on and on. The bottle was almost empty. Mother, you haven't been taking more than you should of this, have you? Don't be absurd. You heard the doctor say that my medicine, more than one capsule a day, is poison. She talked and talked, accusing me of being careless with her medicine and neglecting her. She said if it hadn't been for me, she would still be on the stage and famous. But I realized she was in pain and unhappy, and some mornings I was afraid all of my strength would be drained before I could get away from her, especially when she harped on Ted and me getting married. Uh, Dear, don't be angry, but I simply must ask whether you're serious with your young man this time. This time? Well, after all, Jean, in the past years, there were several young men I certainly thought you were going to become engaged to. And every single one lost interest. Oh, Mother. Oh, yes, they did. You can't deny it. At your age, dear, a girl has to consider her future. Uh, Now, that young man, um, uh, William something, he surely wanted to marry you. And he had a bit of money, too. Now, why did he stop coming to see you, dear? Was it anything you might have told him? You're trying to use me to excuse your own shortcomings, dear. What on earth? How could I scare away any of your young men? When I was on the stage, young men used to flock around me like bees. And now your Ted certainly thinks well enough of me to bring me flowers and look at my scrapbooks. Even if my own daughter... I wonder how long that will go on. When will you ask him whether he thinks a daughter has the right to let a helpless old invalid die alone? (laughs) Horrible, horrible girl. Or have you asked him that already? After the sacrifices I've made for you, ruining my own health, destroying my youth and my career... So that you would have the best from life. Oh, Mother. Perhaps the easiest way for both of us would be for me to not try and hang on to this mortal coil any longer. To close my eyes and never wake up. She used death as a weapon against me many times. I felt weak and nauseated, although I was certain she was bluffing. And I would rush out with no breakfast and a panic to feel the healthy life of the city around me and lose myself in the traffic and crowds. <coughs> Rotten deal, isn't it, miss? Huh? Honest, I'm interested in you and Ted Walk. You serious about each other? What are you getting at, mister? What's happened? I have a right to you know. Are you really in love? paid no attention to my panic. You kept prodding me with that question and twirling the tea strainer. Faster now, it seemed to me. Was I really in love with Ted? I couldn't have answered even if I'd wanted to. How can you tell a stranger your dreams? Miss, tell me. Exactly what's the matter with your mother? What treatment is she getting? That was funny. Ted asked almost the same question last night. You'd give a lot to know about last night, but you'll never get a word out of me. If you had seen Ted and me last night, you wouldn't have had to ask if we were in love. (laughs) 
Last night was one of those miserably few times I found a neighbor to come sit with Mother. And Ted took me to a little neighborhood bar where they have a jukebox and postage stamp dance floor. We were dancing, crowded in like cigarettes in a pack. How about a kiss, baby? Ted, not right here in public. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody here but us, Jeannie. Us and the mob. Anyway, it's just as crowded at Ciro's. They tell me. Well, we'll get to the ritzy places someday, baby. We got it coming to us. Oh, darling, you make it sound real sometimes. Yeah, you stick it out a little longer, baby, and it will be real. Just trust me. There's always ways. Sure. A million bucks. Yeah, a million would help, wouldn't it? Oh, forget the gloom, honey. Uh, your feet had enough of my dancing. Uh-uh. You want another beer, you mean? Well, there is a booth. Look. Hey, watch where you're going, you big Ted. ass. Ted, don't start a fight. Come on. Uh, I should have poked him. Well, <laughs> maybe you'll tame me down, baby. Here, sit next to me, huh? I don't want to reform you, darling. It's not that. But if anything happened to you, I'd die inside of me. Oh, baby, I, I don't know the words like you do. How can I tell you? You don't have to tell me in words, darling. I want to, though. Somehow I, I want you to know. I, I, I love you, Jeannie, more than at first, and I was crazy about you then. We could be so happy together. Together? Yeah, that's what we both want more than anything else in the world, isn't it, baby? Ted, what's the matter? Huh? Matter? Oh, there's nothing the matter. I, I'm just figuring things out. Yeah, what do you folks have? What? Oh, uh, what'll it be, honey? Beer's fine. Uh, two beers, huh? Yeah, all right. Coming up. Then we'll have to be leaving. I promised Mrs. Grogan I'd get home by midnight. Oh, baby, you promised me we'd make a night of it. I'm tonight. sorry, Ted. But Mother was worse this evening before I left. Jeannie, what really ails your mother? The doctor has a long list. She's pretty bad off. Nothing's bad enough for her to keep you chained down like a slave. Ted, tell me the truth. Has she gotten to you with her... her talk? Oh, honey, don't... Ted, us. please. I want the truth. Well, I bring her flowers and try to win her over, Jeannie, but it's no soap. She says, what do I want to do, kill her by taking you away from her? She said that, huh? She did. I'm glad I know that. I'm glad I know that for sure. L look, maybe it's because she's so sick. Maybe, maybe she's not getting the right treatment. Say, what is the doctor giving her? Some stuff in capsules mixed with strychnine. Strychnine? Right. That's poison. Yes, she has to be very careful. You, uh, need a prescription for that, don't you? Uh-huh. Here, I'll, here, I'll show you the prescription. I have it somewhere in my handbag. Oh, here. Yeah. My Latin's sort of rusty. Excuse me, Ted. I'll freshen up and we'll go. Be right back. Okay, baby. The mirror in that dingy little powder room was cracked and clouded. But I could see my own face all too clear as I tried to dab on some rouge. My face was an old face with a thin, cruel mouth. I tried to remember how I looked ten years ago when I had the screen test. I was Garbo and Dietrich, only younger, the director said. It was then my mother started getting sick and needing me. I looked into the mirror and saw my strange, pinched face. 
That was when the whole plan formed in my mind as I stared into that cloudy mirror. Excuse me, miss. You better take care of that cold. Yeah, thanks. Now, uh, tell me, did Ted Wark ever blame your mother? Did he ever say that she stood in the way of your marriage? I never told you any such thing. Ted wouldn't have done... Done what, miss? Mother's dead, isn't she? You're not very subtle. Why else would the police persecute me? She's dead. You believe your mother was killed, miss? No, no. You, you keep putting words into my mouth. Maybe she was worried about being in the way. Would your mother have been likely to have... Mother suffered night and day. I, I suppose that's why she acted so depressed. The tea would what have been tea? the per... Oh, leave me alone, please. You believe your mother took her own life by making herself a poison cup of tea because she didn't want to be a burden any longer? Yes. Yes, that's what must have happened. But I lied. You led me into that lie. And then because I couldn't help myself, I relived the most terrible day of my life. A day I'll never confess to you or to anyone on earth. I woke up this morning with a headache. The pain running deep back of my eyes. I had a feeling of dread with the thought of last night in the mirror. Are you awake, dear? Yes. Oh, I haven't slept a wink, Jean. Oh, Jean, did you get my prescription filled as I asked you to? No, but there's plenty. You were out later than usual last night, weren't you, dear? I don't mind for myself, but it is an imposition on Mrs. Grogan. Oh, your young man certainly is She must have gone on complaining as usual, but I didn't hear her. I seemed to be moving in a strange world all my own as I dressed and went into the kitchen. Sounds lost their familiar proportions, and the sharp tinkle of tableware hurt my ears as I went about setting the table. When I put her teacup in its regular place in the center of the faded blue cloth, a spoon fell against the saucer. It was like a file rasping a slate in my ears. I ran from the kitchen to get the medicine bottle from the cabinet. There were only two capsules left. My heart was pounding. Only enough for two normal doses. Not enough for... I yanked my coat on and ran out the front door. I hadn't planned on this. I ran all the way to the corner drugstore. never do hear that door open. Why, why, Jean, is your ma bad off? No. Well, yes. Her prescription has run out. I I was shaking all over, having this unexpected job to do. I knew the medicine bottle had plenty the day before. I thought I I must be going crazy. I'd known Mr. Harmon since I was a kid. His patient, wizened face and celluloid eye shade... But I found no comfort in him now. Young lady, I asked you twice for your prescription. Huh? Jean. Oh, my sakes, uh, are you ill? No, no. I'm sorry, Mr. Harmon. I I can't find it. It's gone. Oh, well, uh, you, you sit down at the fountain, my dear. 
I'm not supposed to, of course, without a prescription, but I'll make up those capsules anyway. In the meantime, lemon syrup and soda? Remember how you loved that when you were a little pigtail tyke, eh? I think I cried then. I scarcely was conscious as I hurried home. I took a drink of whiskey in the kitchen, gagging on it. Jean, where did you rush out to? I answered her while I struggled to unscrew the cap from the medicine bottle. I took four capsules and emptied them into the tea strainer. I emptied two more, to be positive. On the bottle's label, it said, Warning, no more than one capsule in any one 24-hour period. Be careful. <gasps> and put two spoons of sugar in my cup, dear. It was too bitter yesterday. Did you hear me, Jane? I hear you. I was careful, all right. Three heaping spoons instead of two to hide the bitterness. A double measure of black tea, carefully, very carefully over the white pottery stuff in the strainer. And it was hidden completely. I left the tea kettle whistling on the electric plate. Ready for mother. I didn't see mother again. I left the apartment, half running all the way downtown to the studio in the rain. Erwin was crabbing as soon as I walked in. Oh, good morning, Duchess. All right, hop into your sunsuit now and make it snappy. And make up for black and white. What's the excuse today? Have to go to a funeral or something? I did it, he said, silently, and got through a series of poses. My mind had gone blank, and I, I struggled to keep that way. Numb. All I knew was I mustn't let, mustn't let myself remember. Keep busy and blank. And that's the way it was when you came in and asked me questions. You spun that ugly little tea strainer till my eyes ached watching it. And you tore the protective blanket from over my head. You released my memories, but I told you nothing of the scenes you conjured up in my mind. I told you nothing. But still you knew that I lied when I agreed that my mother must have killed herself. You're not telling the truth, miss. But the odd thing is, you're closer to the truth than you realize. I didn't kill my mother. I didn't. Did you know your mother had enough lethal medicine under her pillow to kill a dozen people? What? She'd been hoarding them. Perhaps because she brooded, she was a burden. No. But, miss, your mother never would have taken those capsules the hard way and a cup of tea. There was the flaw in your lie, wasn't it now? What? Your friend Ted Wark got a hold of your mother's prescription. Maybe he took it from your purse. That doesn't matter. Oh, no. No, no, no. I'm afraid I must place you under arrest, Miss Dunn. But I didn't kill my mother. You said... You said... No, no, you didn't kill your mother, miss. Your mother had a caller this morning after you left. He brought her flowers and some more oh, no. medicine. Oh, no. Not Ted. He couldn't have done. No. No, you, you lie. So your mother never had a chance to use the overdose she had hidden. No. You, you lie. And your mother's caller never had the chance to feed her the poison he brought with him either. Because as soon as he arrived, he made the mistake of accepting your mother's hospitality. 
He drank a special cup of tea. Half of it, anyhow. Enough. Your mother is still alive, miss. I'm arresting you for the murder of Ted Wark. Thank you, Betty Grable, for a wonderful performance. Here again is our star, Miss Betty Grable. I want to thank Tony Leader and his wonderful cast of actors for helping me to make my first suspense visit so pleasant. I'm a suspense fan from way back, and I'm sure all of you are as anxious as I am to hear next week's show when Mickey Rooney appears in the Cornell Woolrich story, The Lie. It's another truly gripping study in... Suspense! Betty Grable appeared through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox Film Corporation and will soon be seen in the Technicolor picture, The Beautiful Blonde from Bashful Bend. Tonight's suspense play was written by John T. Copeland with music composed by Lucian Morawieck and conducted by Lud Gluskin. The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leder. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y. And Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals, too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.